0: You are listening to the Mideast east beast podcast that is right bringing satire to radio waves i'm here molly livingstone in jerusalem and my co-host say hello all the way from london alex giles
1: Hello all the way from sunny London today. Very, very sunny London. Do not believe what people tell you. The sun does shine here.
0: Look at that, starting with satire. Everyone knows that (laughs) London is always cloudy. This is another podcast of the Mideast Beast. Of course, you can find all the stories online at Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Mideast Beasties. And obviously the website, the Mideast Beast. and we basically are bringing all of that information to life and we are going to talk about a few of the articles that have really hit home with the readers and you know it's so great to talk about satire because in this day and age who knows what's real and what's fake and with that said let's talk about Wonder Woman, that's a good place to segue.
1: That's a fantastic place to start. Let's talk about Wonder Woman. Now, Molly, have you actually seen the film? Are you a a Wonder Woman fan?
0: You know what? I haven't seen it yet only because my life is busy and I heard it's two hours and 20 minutes. And that terrified me. I don't know if that's part of like building up the drama. I've seen everybody else write about seeing it. Now, I'm seeing it in Israel. So, you have to understand something. If people out there don't know, Gal Gadot, who plays Wonder Woman, is Israeli. She's not only Jewish, okay, a Jewish Wonder Woman before a Jewish female American president, We have her playing Wonder Woman and she's Israeli. So therefore, anything Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman do, like the gross box of $450 million, unheard of numbers for opening weekend and it's still doing well, that's Israeli. We take that. That's ours. Okay, Natalie Portman won the Oscar. That's Israeli. That's ours.
1: I thought she was Amazonian. Wonder Woman. This is, I guess, the confusion and this is why we wrote an article about this because I was under the impression, and I may be wrong I know a lot Mm -hmm. of fanboys listening now are going to push me on this because I confess I am not as comfortable with the DC universe as I am with the Marvel universe. So if we were talking about the Avengers right now I'd be, I'm, I'm, I'm really cool about that. Wonder Woman, I never read the comics, read a lot of other comics in my youth, didn't read Wonder Woman but I have a suspicion that she's neither Israeli or actually Jewish. But I, I haven't tested this theory. Okay. I, I believe so she is Amazonian. You,
0: you just sound like everybody out there who, you know, wants to BDS this film, <laughs> yeah. which, you know, you're in this denial. Yes, I guess you're correct in that the character Wonder Woman is Amazonian. And she looks it. She's so beautiful and hot. But also Israeli women are beautiful and hot. And that's probably why they chose, I think, Gal. Because Israeli women fun fact, are like ridiculously attractive.
1: That is true. That is true. I've been there. That's true.
0: And I don't mean to be offensive in any way to British people, but as we stated already, the cloudiness does make you rather pasty. And I've learned that you not only have sunblock, but you have something called after sun.
1: (laughs) That is is, true. That is true. That's the most white
0: thing you can do. Come
1: on, wear sunscreens. didn't, Didn't your parents and your dad tell you to wear sunscreen? Isn't that like a thing? I, mean, I know,
0: but this is, and maybe this is part of Gal's whole thing and why she could transform so easily into Wonder Woman. They just have this natural, like, she can defend herself from the sun. You know, she okay. only gets prettier. And they're always on the beach, Israelis, okay? We have beautiful beaches. They're always playing a horrible game called Madkot. It's like tennis without any of the enjoying parts and the loud parts and then a little ball that hits you in the face no matter where you are on the beach and you can hear it in your dreams it's like tick tock tick tock so they're always playing that they're always in perfect condition and I think that's why she was really chosen because let's be honest I mean acting skills are not she's got to fit in the suit and look good
1: yeah I couldn't do that role it's true yeah right not only for that your dog has an opinion on this
0: my dog is an Arab-Israeli dog, so he's coming from a different point of view altogether. But yeah. So in the article, which is on the East Beast, Mid-East. Israeli-Palestinian conflict ends after Lebanon, Tunisia, ban Wonder Woman. Let's talk about what this article is about.
1: I think I think you've summed it up beautifully. Is this? Thank you of... so much. I read the title. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the title's for. It's this crazy idea that you take a fantasy universe where clearly, well, I say a fantasy universe. Obviously, the movie people haven't seen it. It is kind of. Technically, it's based in the First World War, so these are kind of re- real events. But as I say, Wonder Woman, as far as I'm aware, is, is is not a real person. But the Lebanese government, the Tunisian government, have banned people getting the chance to watch this movie because she's Israeli. And you wonder, what do they think that actually accomplishes? It is, as you as you said, it's like a sort of a, a BDS to the extreme. And when, when did we get, and that's what we want to chat about, is what point did we get to a situation in which everything everything every every cultural thing a wonder woman movie has to be engulfed in scenes through the lens of of the arab israeli conflict when did that happen molly
0: I think it happened in 1997, um, December 12th. No, I have no idea. It's just been this slow snowballing. And it's very interesting to see who are the leaders of this effect. Is it politicians? Mm -hmm. Is it the media? Is it college students who need more and more safe spaces on campus where you cannot talk about these things? You cannot say the chair is brown because you're clearly racist. Mm -hmm. You cannot buy a certain avocado because you're anti someone which I remind you please most of these people are shopping at stores clothes that come out of sweatshops but that is never as important as banning movies like this and that's real by the way I mean that's not the satire it's the truth is what you're saying the article is in fact based on reality it's not you making up anything well then obviously you get into details where you fudge it.
1: Yeah, let's be clear that the, the IDF has not been dismantled of the basis of this. Yeah, absolutely, that that is true. There is, there is sadly not an Israeli-Palestinian army of peace and love, much as, frankly, that sounds like a cool thing to have. I don't
0: um, know. I was just at the gay pride parade, and I definitely saw something like that there.
1: Okay, well, that's cool. There's always hope, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, it's one of those things where, instead of people having serious conversations about the problem and trying to do serious things... To build bridges and to try to find some solutions. You do something like this, you ban a movie and think that's actually accomplished anything. And all you've done is, is deprive a bunch of guys and, and, <laughs> and men and women in, in Lebanon and Tunisia from seeing what, what I understand. I haven't seen the movie either, but uh, the reviews have been consistently very good. And it's just very sad, isn't it? The, the conflict and the inability. The inability to build bridges and a a desire actually just to build walls all the time is just desperately depressing.
0: I obviously agree with you. I hate anything that can potentially have censorship. I think Israel somehow it irks people. And I think it's because we shove it down people's throats that we're a startup nation. And, you know, when people talk about BDS, we say, go ahead, do it. Because then you can't use your phone. Go ahead, do it. You can't, nope, don't touch that computer. Don't, that technology, oh, you like your cancer? Keep it because without our medicine, you're going to die. So I think this is another way of shoving it in their faces like, hey, want to know what the biggest grossing superhero movie ever is? It's got an Israeli woman starring in it, right? Like really like hit home that it's a woman, that's rude, but that she's Jewish and Israeli is just on the border of, you know, like Nazism. So I think that from our perspective here in Israel, we're all rooting for it to continue to do well in terms of Hollywood blockbusters. I'm sure everybody is thrilled. And then, right, there's this weird, growing, anti-find-something-wrong-with-anything movement. And it's from college campuses, all the way to Lebanon, and you're depriving people. They've got war surrounding them. And all they need is a little bit of, you know, a half-naked woman who saves the day and maybe – as you said, that's the hope that we need to all come together.
1: Molly, as you say, we can all come over Wonder Woman. Just Very dirty. Said that. Yes, and I'm was... sorry. Look, it was an open goal, wasn't it? I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah. So
0: that's going to be the sequel to the movie, or at least it'll be found on Pornhub.com. And when we get back, we are going to talk about oh, the pain that it is. England, Your your part of the world, man, is, is really having an effect. This divorce process from the EU, the voting, and of course, the famed Corbyn. So Let's when we that. get back, that. we'll be right back. And we are back here on the Mid-East Beast podcast. Don't forget, you can read all your satirical news about the not funny place that is the Middle East on Facebook at the Mideast Beast on our website, obviously, also the MideastBeast.com, and follow us on Twitter at MideastBeast. I'm here in Jerusalem, Molly Livingstone, and Alex Giles is over in England. And I want it to sound haunting because you know it's like I'm telling a scary story at this point. First, a year ago, it started with Brexit. What would come next? Well, a woman was put into power. For some, that's already terrifying. And then she made what looks like now a critical mistake. Right, Alex? I mean, she brought you guys into an early vote three years before she needed to.
1: Yes. Yes, she did. At that point, when she decided to call a snap election, she was about 20 points ahead in the polls for her opposition, um, the Labour Party uh, led by Jeremy Corbyn. And somehow she managed to squander that over the sort of 10 weeks of campaigning until last week, last Thursday, when we had the election. And we now have a hung parliament. And for those that aren't entirely up on British politics, what that basically means is no party has a majority of the MPs in parliament. uh, So they can't Form a government by themselves, so they have right. to uh, try to have a sort of a coalition. Right, um,
0: it's not hung like as in urban terms of how well endowed a man no, is. No, just it's... in case anyone thought that besides me.
1: Apart from you, with a filthy, filthy mind, nobody, nobody. <laughs> said else the guy the...
0: talking about porn in the last uh, yeah, well, uh, in the yeah, first part.
1: Yeah, I started it, didn't I? And you, you've decided yeah. to continue with that. No, nothing to do with that. The, the technical term for it is a complete clusterfuck. That is the, the formal term, and I, I have a degree in politics, so I can confirm that is, that's yeah. what, that's what we call it. What Theresa May, our, our Prime Minister, and she still is the Prime Minister as we speak, she has trying to form an agreement with the, the DUP, the Democratic Unionist Party, which are a, a party in Northern Ireland. And again, I apologize for people listening to this that really perhaps aren't that interested in, in domestic. Right, tradition.
0: this is like really getting into detail. We
1: are getting into detail, but, you know, for the wider point, it's the DUP are a conservative religious party, as close as we would get to a religious party, I guess.
0: So like Tea Party America?
1: Well, I uh, yeah, kind mm. of. I mean, they're, they're just Protestant...
0: Ayatollah. Um, <laughs> right. I'm yeah, trying to figure this out.
1: Yeah, left of that, kind of mm. maybe a little bit left of the teeth I mean, yeah. Uh, let's just say ISIS. Seriously, not as bad as ISIS, but they are. Okay. They, they are creationists. They believe the world is four thousand years old. They are anti-gay rights, anti-gay marriage, anti-abortion.
0: Where do I sign up? Yeah, you know, where, 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 where do you
1: sign up? So mm-hmm. Theresa May has decided that what would be a great idea is for the country to be run basically like by the handmaiden's tail scenario. That's, that's what we're looking at. Mm. She thought that would be a good idea. And we are right now as we speak in the throes of that negotiation. So... That has led to the situation which would be unthinkable a year ago when this article that we're talking about, about Jeremy Corbyn, was written, that Jeremy Corbyn, leader of the Labour Party, it is not impossible that he could be Prime Minister. Maybe not this week, but there is a likelihood we will have to have another election because these types of sort of coalition, agreement, minority governments tend not to last very long in this country. They don't happen very often. It's more likely that in six months or so there'll be another election, and given the amount of improvement that Jeremy Corbyn has made, it is not impossible. So yeah, so we can so we can talk about Jeremy Corbyn, Molly. I mean that's I think that's yeah. Us.
0: Okay, first of all, you said something a while back. You just grazed over it, and I think it's because you're British, but you called it a snap vote a snap
1: snap election okay, yeah. a
0: snap election and I think for anyone listening to that imagining British people snapping like that is <laughs> kind of like a dance I can't even it's just so disturbing that okay fine I move from that now so now the article itself Mossad confirms Jeremy Corbyn probably not a big deal I want you to explain as though it was like a tinder profile for him who he is because when I hear it as someone who knows Hebrew, what's really interesting, and I'll say this before you get into his Tinder profile, he's come off extremely anti Israel. It seems like he's also an anti Semite. I don't know if that's just me being like an angry Jew, mm-hmm. but Corbin is like Korban. And Korban is, I'm looking to my uh, more religious producer, Scott, Korban is the sacrifice. Yeah, it's, it's sacrificial. So for me, this guy sort of is the sacrificial lamb, but like in the worst way, like he's gonna ruin it for us all. And why do I say that? I mean, why is this article, which was written, as you said, about a year ago, why are we talking about it now? Mossad being the Israeli sort of CIA, confirming that he's not a big deal, whereas you just said there's a little potential he could become prime minister.
1: Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, I mean, all to Jeremy Corbyn. For those that don't know, he's been in the Labour Party. Since dinosaurs were running around, obviously, if, yeah, you're, if we you're, had a
0: guy like that, Shimon Paris, but he just died.
1: Okay, well, if you know, obviously, back to the DUP. So you believe that dinosaurs and men were running around together. So you know, just uh, bring that back, <laughs> bring that back full circle. That's what the DUP believe. So Jeremy Corbyn's been in the Labour Party since year zero. He has never been in a position, like in a cabinet position or in a government position or even in, in what we call the shadow cabinet, which is, is what you know the opposition have a sort of a group of people that take on the roles of the, the actual cabinet and are their opposite numbers so that they can criticise the foreign secretary or wherever it might be. So he, he has never wanted to be in the mainstream of the party. He has very much been on the, the left side of the party. Where this has caused problems for him is where he has been very supportive of what you might call radical causes. So in Northern Ireland, he had meetings with the IRA, with, with Sinn Féin, and, and was supportive of the struggle, in inverted commas. And he has talked about Hamas and Hezbollah as being friends of his. Right. And, this is, and you
0: mentioned that in the article.
1: We do. And you've got to be really careful about this because at a really sort of grown-up end of the thing, of having a proper conversation about this, it's not really perhaps fair to say that he's a terrorist supporter, that he wants to see violence on the streets or anything like That's really overstating it. But he does have a predilection for people that are in the minority and are in struggle because that's kind of where his politics are and that's where he's always been on the outside looking in. And that, I think, has has led him to be supportive yeah. of people that he thinks are in the struggle. Right. Maybe
0: he's just a loser who had (laughs) like a bad, you know, teenage high school times where he was ignored and thrown into lockers. And he's now taking that and revenging the world with being a politician that can have effect by having friends that if this was Tinder profile, he would swipe right to date Hamas and his other terrorist buddies over there. I think that's what scares people in terms of why are we talking about him on the East Beast, which is about the Middle East. If he gets into the government, if mm-hmm. he becomes prime minister, which seems absurd, and so did Trump. Mm-hmm. What about the French guy over there with a teacher wife and everyone just accepts that as, that's normal, that's cool. I mean, we're living in a world where the satire is the reality like it's easy and hard that's what she said to write these articles because of what we're given as fact so why is it scary or how does it affect the middle east
1: is it scary Is a question mark because you know he's always been in opposition and it's easy when you're in opposition to make statements about how you think the palestinians are being treated obviously if he was to become into power. There are agreements in place between us and and Israel. There are conventions, if you will, which temper what he would be allowed to do. Here in the UK, we do have a good political system we just do we have great checks and balances you know we have a really good free press
0: it's kind of interesting because you had a lot of um, british mandated areas here in the middle east and then you kind of left and i wouldn't say you left us with a strong empowering democracy so much as bureaucracy that makes no sense and creates things like shadow governments for people just to have jobs while picking their noses
1: molly are you trying to suggest that we the british had something to do with the middle east i'm shocked by that i don't
0: Yeah, I don't think it's a suggestion more as a confrontational bitch slap, but yeah.
1: Can't we just agree to blame the French? I mean, until we have a French correspondent on this, you know, why don't we just agree to blame the French? That's easiest.
0: The French are always going to be the worst, and there's no doubting that. I mean, time and time again, we've seen that. It's not just because they don't bathe properly and created perfume to somehow (laughs) make us think otherwise. So you're saying, as far as we're concerned for wrapping up this episode, that... As of now, when we're recording this, which, again, once this is edited by our producer, Scott, we could have a very different story that is being told. We could. Obviously, it will be told differently on the Mideast Beast because that is our job, to piss people off, to make them think, to question, and to come with us and attack us so that we have something more to, you know. I just grabbed the air like boobs, so then I stopped. But yeah.
1: Yeah, this podcast has just really slid downhill. Sexual. It comes, yeah, it's gone very uh, sexual.
0: I mean, I think that satire and sexuality, often there is a road where they converge. And on that note, Alex, keep us informed about what's going on with your sacrificial lamb over there, Corbin. I will do my best as well to see what's going on in the Middle East. Maybe sneak over some of that Wonder Woman power to Lebanon and Tunisia who could use a break from reality.
1: That sounds awesome, and we'll catch up next week.
0: Sounds great. You have been listening to another episode of The Mideast Beast. Find us online at themideastbeast.com, on Facebook at Mideast Beast. Follow us on Twitter at Mideast Beasties. Write back with comments. Who do you want to hear from? What do you have to say? We potentially care. This has been another episode of The East Beast.